Welcome, everybody, to AM Byte. Welcome on this Sunday, this chill Sunday. And I hope you enjoyed that introduction. If you're watching on video, it's uh, you may be wondering why I'm pulling up Carrie and the Blind Melon song. There's a couple of reasons. One, our guest usually comes for a Halloween special, but scheduling got kind of weird. I had to go to... Uh, I had to go to Memphis to, to visit America's Magician. He had some things. So you might say this is sort of a Halloween special. And considering how 2024 is going, perfect timing. We've got Nephilim in the malls. We've got 
wars brewing and exploding people going crazy some every maybe every day is halloween and on a metaphoric level well uh the the scene from carrie makes sense we all think we're going up to get our crown but we all end up with pig's blood in our head and at the at the footnote of a blind melon song so I hope you enjoyed it, but please welcome and good to see everybody. And yes, with us tonight, we have the pleasure and honor of having back Anthony Tyler. Anthony, thanks for coming back. Yeah, pleasure as always. Um, always cool to catch up with you guys. And uh, given the story we have today, I'm I'm particularly excited. It's uh, it's a it's really a story for. Um, it could it, it could be for any time of year, but it's uh, it's perfect for um, a Halloween inspired kind of vibe. There's a lot of pageantry involved. Um, I don't know, like you guys, you got any uh, any um, action you guys want to like talk about or or shout outs or anything? As I could just dive right into it here. No, I think we're almost ready. Obviously, it's a topic I don't know much about. But again, what's great and what I love to promote, and I've been doing this on the show, is as we were talking before the interview that the the United States landscape has so much occultism and magic and dark portals and positive spirits that everybody misses. We're so used to Manly P. Hall and Native American, but there's so much. And individuals like you, Steven Snyder, me with the Elvis book are trying to show that, you know, this country is insane. It is, it's got more magic than it has resources <laughs> or mm -hmm. land. And there's so much that has yet to be uncovered. And of course, some of it is disturbing. Some is dark, some is positive, but Let's bring it out and show it will help the psyche of this country to bring the true story out, I would say. And with us, somebody who always brings out the truth, it is the Moondog Vance. Vance, how are you doing? I'm fine tonight. Can't wait to hear about all this intersection between all these different things. <clears throat> I won't spoil. I'll let in, in, you know, Anthony uh, bring it all out. But I did wear my black hat in honor of your black hoodie so i thought you were going to change them. your name from moon dog to moon dog d-a-w-g <laughs> <laughs> <Moondog> dog v <laughs> shizzle my twizzlers or whatever <laughs> yeah oh well oh well next time next time so so awesome yeah for those of you in the chat good to see people showing up good to see dominique melissa chester uh, Mr. Mark Jefferson from Sweet Home, Alabama. Hope you're doing well. And there are no Nephilim in your mall, or maybe there should be some Nephilim. My theory is interesting. Because <laughs> I was thinking my theory is that there's these eight-foot shadowy people. I was like, well, that's more. That's not Nephilim. That's more like uh, Mothman. So and my theory <laughs> will only be true if there's like a natural disaster event in a month in Miami or Florida. Then I'm right. My theory is right instead of the nephilim at the mall so we'll see yeah yeah we'll see again we're just throwing stuff around and doing the best we can so good to see everybody there on the chat if you have any questions please super chat them appreciate the support and uh for more of this high weirdness definitely check out anthony's black hoodie alchemy he does a lot of this really independent investigation into the dark niches of american culture he includes, of course, serial killers and other sweet stuff. Hopefully later we'll have time to talk about our guilty passion, which is really intense horror movies that Anthony and I like. We share ideas about these movies. And uh, 
that's it. So, yeah, Anthony, let's uh, get started. Take us on this journey. All right. Yeah, with pleasure. So, um, you know, the uh, without getting like being super political here, I think a reasonable disclaimer to make is like we're we're three white dudes here. Um, you know, I've got like, you know, we're all we're, I'm sure we're mixed. Uh, everybody's mixed in some ways. Um, um, I've got like some Spanish and some Native American and things, but like hip hop is it comes from black culture, but it's uh, especially these days and it's been like this for a while. Um, it's it it is for everybody and it's more if anything um, it's debatable the more you get into hip hop moguls, but like the spirit of hip hop and and uh, the original culture that you know from which it sprang, which is everything we're going to be getting into here really is if anything uh, uh like at its core a classist struggle there's not to say all the racist elements and things and like there's there's certain elements of this conversation that we wouldn't be able to have but luckily there's so much journalistic data here there's a lot of you know cult like uh, uh cult esoteric occult philosophy mixed in here there's plenty to talk about but um um, there it's, it's so, it's a really wild subject. Like this guy, Dwight York, Malachi Z York, as he, he had a whole bunch of different names. He went through a lot of different phases. Um, but, uh, he, uh, he basically, it was like a, you know, a black empowerment leader on the heels of the deaths of uh, people like MLK and Malcolm X. And he, there was a huge, um, an understandable vacuum in the culture. Um, and also uh, another disclaimer I think is worth bringing up is this is not like a full-on indictment of all hip-hop culture or anything. I am heavily influenced by hip-hop, um, you know, right along with uh, punk rock and metal. And the more you get into after these cultures were established a little bit, um, the more you get into them, the more you see a lot of crossover, especially in influence. Um, so the the whole idea of the classist struggle, um, the underdog mentality, you know, a lot of hip hop and punk rock mentality, it, you know, even considers like signing to a major label to be um, at its at its core, uh, like a sign of compromise and even weakness. And, you know, while that might is probably a little extreme, there's there's that whole DIY mentality. And those are the things I always was really inspired by. There's, there's all sorts of puns, like the pen mightier than the sword and stuff. People are always talking about like using like their bars, you know, their rhymes is like weapons and things. And as a writer, I, I immediately gravitated towards that. And um, hip hop has always been a, like a long withstanding part of my life. Um, so, you know, all that said, um, it's, like there's i guess malachi york is so let's get back to the power vacuum a little bit not power vacuum but similar um there was a there was a genuine um need for um uh, a collective uprising a, a concerted effort uh, that the things like people like mlk and malcolm x were doing and um, it, you know, both of them were assassinated and it seems like they, you know, like we could go down rabbit holes of conspiracy theories, uh, one way or the other, like 
it seems like you know they were upsetting the proverbial powers that be most definitely and it's weird that people like um malachi york you know had such successful careers there's a lot of parallels uh that you can find between malachi york and like jim jones for example where before his turn uh jim jones and he was always crazy but he had a strong public persona while he was in the bay area in california you know he was getting like keys to the to the city of san francisco i i think he actually did get a key to the city but it, it, at least proverbially proverbially he was getting accolades from politicians and and uh big cosigns and malachi york was the same way he he started out um basically with this uh this this um islamic sort of you know because uh, uh, uh african-american and uh and I islam have gone hand in hand in this country for a long time sometimes people forget that right. um but uh and it's and and he it went into so many different things like uh he had there's a lot of egyptology elements he ended up in georgia building 40 foot uh pyramids of of stucco and plywood and paint and you can look up pictures on his cult compound um it's crazy yeah and, like, right now <laughs> yeah his he had his own sphinx statue they they actually had an illegal nightclub in one of the pyramids so wild shit. um that's just scratching the surface but uh <clears throat> so there's also a lot of ancient alien stuff going on there's also a lot of uh illuminati stuff going on and the with the specific slant that the illuminati is the the white devil like you know racism goes always everybody can be racist and it's uh it's pretty astonishing how overt and there's that they actively called themselves like black supremacists. And there's a lot of uh, black Hebrew Israelite stuff in here, which is the supposition that, <clears throat> you know, like the Nubian, which is like basically the term for like the ancient black person um, was like the first person. And uh, and that seems to be a matter of record at this point. Um, but then there are some black people, you know, it's a very small radical sect. Um, but I mean, it's 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 got its numbers it's like a global idea the whole black hebrew israelite where they think that they are the original jewish people right. and being you know the people from which everything sprang and being the original jewish people are pretty different things so <laughs> but that's like where they that's that's where a lot of the uh the the inspiration for the arguments comes from there's uh there was also believe it or not he also tried to it was part of his whole court argument once he got caught and there was no evidence for it ever there was a specific time where he started claiming this but he also when he moved to georgia started claiming that he was a creek indian and he even started doing like like the big old like chief headdress and everything and oddly enough started doing like an actual cowboys and indians theme for his cult this guy went through a lot of themes um and people didn't really like that one they weren't real taken to that but that like you go find pictures it's it's absurd that i don't even know what could possess that man to bring everyone down that rabbit hole Wait, but anthony what, what was malachi's on his resume what was he was he a community leader a producer i mean obviously like you said he became a bonafide cult leader of the jim jones 
uh, level, but what was his day job, if you will? <clears throat> what did he tell people he was? <laughs> I mean, from early on, this guy seemed to have aspirations of cult leader status, like whether he, however far he took that phraseology in his head or whatever. But um, um, like he really didn't do anything except be a, a community leader. And he was a record producer and did his own record labels and things. And uh, um, like there was at one point we'll get into because uh, there's like some some really wild name drops that I'm sure people are interested in hearing. We'll get into that pretty soon here before we unpack some other stuff. But like he started, um, you know, it was, it was similar again to like Malcolm X or something being like a community leader. He started. You know, he have people on the streets promoting um, Islam and his uh, his AAC community, which was was an Islamic uh, community in Brooklyn. And uh, there ended up becoming like dozens, no exaggeration, like dozens of apartment buildings that he owned in uh, Bushwick, I believe. And um, uh, in the 70s that he was like he he, he owned them uh, through just climbing the ranks and you know having people give him donations the classic cult leader hustle and all his followers lived in these apartments so he he came at the right time where people were really desperate for leaders that were you know duly promoting empowerment of the community and uh it's it's a it's a really it's a really sick um the, this, he's a he's a parasitic dude, but um, it's it's crazy. It it it's really just like a cosmic joke sort of thing. Um, how he showed up in this area, it it, it wasn't only um the the vacuum left from the these leaders you know being killed. It was also just happened to be the dawn of hip hop as we know it, and he happened to be in the literal place, not even in the state, in the in like the subsection of New York, you know, in Brooklyn and, and Bushwick and all these places where um, hip hop, like is, it is literally ground zero. Um, mm -hmm. And, uh, and so we have people like, like Jay-Z, uh, for instance, we can go through some of these names here. Um, Jay-Z, sure. um, and for a quick timeline perspective. Um, so in the 90s, Malachi York started catching more heat in uh, New York. Uh, because of like racketeering and sexual assault charges, uh, allegations, which became charges and things. Um, and so he ended up moving to Georgia, uh, like an hour and a half or so outside of Atlanta and and did the cult thing. So a lot of this is in New York and um, New York City specifically. So so Jay-Z at the turn of the decade, like 89 and 90, uh, was working with early they were like a duo um his producer jazz o and jazz o was like an outspoken leader not a leader uh like a, a community member in uh in the hip-hop community but before i get ahead of myself here i think um the the first name we'll get we'll talk a little bit more about jay-z but africa bombada is how this guy becomes deeply embedded in hip-hop culture um Malachi Z. York was never a rapper himself. He was actually like an R&B and funk and soul guy. And he had he came out with multiple projects. I remember one of them, his group was Passion. And it was like really hypersexual dance music, which was in direct contrast to everything he was talking about. So he was always just really doing whatever he wanted. And so through this, uh, through, through these um, record label type 
type situations in the dawn of hip hop. He meets um, Africa Bambata, as he's called. And uh, Africa Bambata is, was known as like the godfather of hip hop. He has his own sexual assault allegations. It's crazy how these people seem to rise to power. It's all, it almost seems like so many people rise to power because they're psychopaths and just treat other people like objects you know uh um and uh it like th because it's just astonishing how many people we come across uh that are that are leaders of communities and founders of of movements who are just just doing terrible things but um um so he founded zulu nation which you can hear in a lot of um um early like well-known hip-hop music not early like dawn of hip-hop it's a little further on but like they lost soul and a tribe called quest um and zulu nation was it had a lot of um it was trying to bring the traditional african um like beliefs and metaphysics and traditions to modern hip-hop culture and new york and um and do community building in these things and uh for a long time it seemed to be a good thing but then Bombada started getting in with Malachi York and um, through sort of Bombada's cosign, his stamp of approval, um, and just the fact that Malachi York was also getting local accolades. He was known as a community builder. Um, these uh, He was gaining a lot of traction. And so you find, again, people like Jay-Z were hanging out with people that were well-established in his community, and uh, and they have lyrics. Like, uh, I know uh, Vance was asking for um, at least some titles and stuff. Um, uh, he, uh, I got the invitation to yeah. rap some lyrics. I don't think I'll do that, though. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. Like, for instance, um, like an early Jay-Z song in 1990 that he did with Jazzo called The Originators. Uh, has direct references to the Nuwabians and to York. Um, and another crazy thing is like I've, as a longtime fan of hip hop, especially underground hip hop. Um, you know, like we're not really talking about SoundCloud rap as another aside. Like Six Nine and Travis Scott and all these people. Like the internet has really taken certain subsections of hip hop to different places that are just not really a part of the conversation. But uh, we're talking more like old school stuff. Um, but I've even come across this in my own listening. Like, you know, there's Wu-Tang is like its own subsection of hip hop. And uh, you find Wu-Tang affiliates like a rapper named Killa Priest as uh, uh, drops Malachi York's name sometimes. Um, um, rappers I, uh, I th that I really enjoy, like um, Army of the Pharaohs, which is like a Wu-Tang affiliated thing. Um, you find name drops of Malachi York in there. And a lot of this also, this is where things get confusing sometimes um, is since he's such a embedded part of hip hop culture now and a lot of underground rap, especially like it's they're sort of being like the heel in pro wrestling. You're you're just sort of talking shit and being the big man and like and and and, and that's all on purpose because it's the like the showmanship of hip hop is the battle rap. A lot of that spirit and a lot of these uh, artists come from the actual like tournaments where you're like toe to toe with people so so that's kind of the deal and you're um you're kind of like getting your inner super villain on in some ways so so sometimes people like like one guy that i've heard malachi's you uh 
I've heard Malachi York's name dropped by him is uh, is an artist that's got he's been around for a long time named Ill Bill. And uh, and he's even got a song called Cult Leader. And it's not like some heartfelt song or anything. It's from like the early 2000s. It's like a boom bap hip hop, like head nod song where he's like, I'm the motherfucking cult leader. But it's all tongue in cheek. Like he's got other songs where he's talking about conspiracy theories and all this other stuff. So there's that whole element of hip hop in there. But a lot of these people, there's a whole angle where they maybe think he was framed, Malachi York, even after these allegations. Um, there's also things to take into account, like like it goes with any cult, a lot of this stuff until it finally breaks out is kept to the innermost circle, like all the worst allegations and abuse and things. So a lot of these artists, you know, this guy's passing out pamphlets for decades, like on street corners in Brooklyn. So you can't blame all these artists for coming across his name at one point and then putting him in a, in a song lyric in the nineties, you know, and then they find out a decade later, like, Oh, well, I didn't know all that about that dude. But, um, but it goes, it, but, but here's some other stuff that, uh, that goes a lot deeper than that. Like Andre 3000 and the, and, and all of Outcast were heavily affiliated with Malachi York. Um, they have, mm -hmm. they did, they did shows on the Georgia compound, like right around the pyramids and, uh, their, their second album, ATL Ian's, um, is full of Malachi York references. It is basically a Nuwabian themed album. Um, so you can check that out. MF Doom, who is a lot of people's pipeline into the deeper underground of hip hop. Um, he's, he's a guy that wore like a non-copyrighted, like a Dr. Doom mask. And he's someone that if anybody knows any kind of, any sort of fan of hip hop, and they don't just like, like SoundCloud rap today, almost everybody really enjoys mf doom he's classic and he you know he just died like not that long ago so he's people still have features of him that they're still releasing even to this day so he's a big presence in hip-hop <clears throat> he has direct quotes his own quotes where he's talking about how deeply influenced he was by malachi york and considered him a follower and like and now he's dead, so we don't really get follow-ups on that, on like what he thought uh, the the about the court cases and all these different things, um, because and we'll get into that later. But it's it's also a bit of a head scratcher. This story is big, you know. The New York Times, everyone covered it, um, but it's just not talked about that much. Like you would think this would have like a Netflix special by now, but it, <laughs> not a whole lot of coverage on it. When we congregating groups, they want to call police, but when police abuse the youth, no one be stopping heat, we concentrate on rooted problems, contemplate relief, so we blaze the leaves, pave the maze, avoid their cheese, separate their systems from our seeds, and save the trees, the problems bigger than you and me, look at the core factors, look at the law chapters, history we stand with, the land was founded by bandits, same in sounds of revolution, hitting anvils, emancipate them, my struggles, my doctor. I've adopted patience, I get sick from quitting, not sick of waiting, I'm waiting In the ring with gloves laced, fighting for freedom, this I love taste I take it on and stride, sometimes it's like
like a marcher by myself while everyone is inside. Can't see the forest for the trees and the toilet on your knees. Praying the dollar signs, but can't get the earth when she breathes. From the depths of the roots to the canopies of thieves with sun's energies to trap through photosynthesis. My words split the seeds, spawn life through the saplings. All you do is harm life through your rapping. Mechanical medicine man with lights flashing. Your time's up. Now the titans are clashing, splashing. Can't see the ocean for the waves. Can't see the chains. Can't see the change. They blind slaves. They mind slaves. Victims of the mental holocaust. No expression. How they showering with molotovs. Fire brains. These kittens can't pull the lion's mane. Can't see my world unless you're looking through these eyes of pain. Can't see the soul for the flesh, blood, and bones. Can't see the crown. Cause we the kings with no thrones Howdy do, everybody. That's right, it's me, good old Tippy Patson here. And I, I got some great dang old news, man. Uh, with the new year, I am, in fact, uh, going to become the spiritual mentor for uh, NFL quarterback Aaron Rodgers. And I, I, I tried to reach out through the interwebs, and we got a hold of him. I'm going out to New York, and, uh, you know, dang old man, it just feels good to have a win. It's been, it was an interesting year, 2023, but... We had some tough times, as you know, we've lost many of our recruits. But don't worry, the League of Extraordinary Gents ain't going nowhere. Uh, we're just trying to expand our dango horizons. And speaking of dango horizons in the new year, uh, a lot of people doing that old uh, New Year's resolutions and whatnot. Well, don't forget Tippy Patson's uh, Rainbow Body Weight Loss Program, you know, with a month's worth at a time of uh, Colombian cocaine paste called Basuco. But also, you know, there's a lot of great old tips and tricks. So keep this in mind for your New Year's resolution. If you're, you know, if you're trying to do more cardio, you know, just start smoking more cigarettes. That's what a lot of doctors won't tell you, okay? But but smoking cigarettes, it raises your blood pressure and makes your heart beat fast. So, you know, it's basically the same thing as cardio. Also, you know, yeah, have you ever, uh, like, accidentally, you know, cooked like a real hot meal and then put some aluminum foil on it? and noticed that that dang old aluminum was melting. You know, a lot of doctors will tell you that ain't no good. But Tippy Patson is here to tell you that uh, some aluminum shavings in your coffee every day will keep the doctor away. You know, it's just as good for you as zinc or iron or all them metals. So, you know, you could do that. It's an ancient Chinese remedy, I do believe. And lastly, just keep in mind, you can't have too much blood. You know, so the serial killer Richard Chase, he was always trying to get blood in him. And he did it in the wrong ways, but he had the right idea, I'll tell you what, boy. So, you know, just get a bunch of blood and just start putting that inside you. You know, the more virile you are, the more, like, gasoline, like, blood, you know, metaphorically your body had to work with, and you'll be, you know, all the better for it. You know, these but these are all the tips I'm going to give Aaron, but, you know, I can't give away all my secrets on the radio. So, you know, just get a little bit uh, in there for now, you know. I hope you all have a good new year and stick to your dang old resolutions and, you know, put some of my tips into effect. 
Tippy Patson is out of here for now, folks. We'll keep you updated on my travels. All right, take it easy. Uh, <laughs> hello, everybody. It's uh, it is I, uh, Jefferson Tillamookslinger, a uh, former Illuminati cloning lab manager and uh, current member of the League of Extraordinary Gents. You know, as you've heard, uh, Tippy Patson is going to the Big Apple, so I will be holding down the fort here in the Everglades, and I've been thinking this is probably a very good time for like a rebranding type thing. And I've, you know, I've recently sobered up using uh, Bazooko uh, with the Tippy Patson Rainbow Body Weight Loss Program, um, High Five. And, uh, you know, I've been thinking like, you know, I need to just reinvent myself. I've had a lot of dumb names. I know Tilla McSlinger, uh, but so I got to come up with something sleek. So I was thinking Jeff Mamba. Yeah, yeah, Jeff Mamba. Like, uh, because I've been watching a lot of Chris Angel Mind Freak lately. And Jeff Mamba, Chris Angel kind of have like had a similar thing going on. But so I was thinking like Jeff Mamba, Mind Master. But and that might be a good one. But I don't know for sure, you know, it, I'm clearly going to be a master, so maybe I should be a little more descriptive, like, I could be like Jeff Mamba, mind jockey, you know, like a horse jockey, except for your mind, or I could be like Jeff Mamba, mind surfer, because I surf the waves of your mind, I don't know, oh, but I think I'm on the right track, um, if you want to uh, give me some ideas, or tell me which one is your favorite, go ahead and contact uh, Joseph Rupert of uh, the, you know, the Fringe FM's Lighting the Void. I'll give you his personal cell phone number. It's 779-2011-1952. Uh, uh, nine. Write that down. Okay, um, yeah, uh, Jeff Mamba holding it down in the Everglades for the League of Extraordinary Gents. And I am out of here. What is up, bro Tendos? It is high. Muscle tornado. Um you know, I've um I've just uh you may know me as a super fit DMT numerologist explorationer and uh you know, member of the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Um but I've been going through I've had a lot of casualties lately and uh you know, my hand is gone. I have a hook now. I've lost my hair, I think due to the stress. I lost my eye recently. And uh, unfortunately, recently, I was violently savaged by piranhas uh, in the water. And uh, my leg is gone. So, you know, I have like a thigh nub. But other than that, um, I'm doing great. I'm doing really good, guys. Um I, I have I you know I haven't really been smoking a lot of DMT lately, but I've been keeping strong with the with the uh the insufflation of the the pixie stick and it's been a good time. You know, so um I just started wearing a pirate hat because I figured I should just embrace it right now. I'm not really sure the whole pirate code is because unfortunately we lost our cosmic ghost pirate because I, I accidentally changed the channel on him. We was just stuck in the TV and uh it, so the only one that could have really understand in my plight now that I've come to terms with it is gone. So 
you know, but I do have a cool peg leg now. That's that's pretty sweet. So, you know, we're just going to rock it. I'm going to put a lot of uh, bedazzlements and jewels on it. And, uh, you know, we'll have a good time. So, uh, but yeah, Tibby Patson's leaving. So, you know, it's just going to be me and Jeff Mamba. So um, we're going to see what the future holds, guys. Uh, but, uh, you know, take a sleazy and uh, Muscle Tornado is over and out. Hard in the paint, go hard like Da Vinci in the paint. Make a lot of Da Vinci with the paint. Pablo Picasso, I esco when when the bagel, I'm fresco, holding it tight like it's Greco. Georgia, your mind be the dress code. My heart attached to the ghetto. When justice made me a rebel, the world my canvas resemble. Yeah, yo, my thoughts have been tainted. See, I be far from a saint. I van go hard to the paint. Rainbow color these beach streets while I'm bombing on trains. Graffiti alley, Salvador Dali, it's one of the same. I am to rap with Jean Michael Vasquez to all. through some more names here um not uh, a lot of people know that name and the song i believe is triple threat um he uh, drops malachi york's name um there's you know the roots a lot of people know them um we also now some of this you go deeper into his career and you know, we're talking about like the 70s and 80s and stuff some of this is a little less documented um, but given the the specs and the influence that we do know he had, um, like the only places I could find a couple of these names were from pro Malachi sources, and I, I couldn't really find a ton of follow up. But really, wouldn't surprise me. It's right place, right time. He knew all the other people. Uh, we have names even like Stevie Wonder and Lionel Richie that he was bumping into and talking with mm -hmm. and things like that. Um, um, the, the last name before we could talk about some more of, uh, a couple names, um, before we get into more like details of belief systems and, and timeline and whatever else, um, Erica Badu is a lot, is a, is like a, 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 a female, a rapper, um, R and B she does because hip hop is, you know, it's rap, it's R and B, it's graffiti, it's break dance. It's, it's culture. It's, it's the whole culture thing. And, uh, She's got a lot of um she's she's name dropped him before um in like interviews and things throughout the years. And another big name that people know, Mob Deep, um, specifically prodigy of Mob Deep. He is a head scratcher guy for me because um I always really liked him. A lot of these names I really like. Um, and you know, again, we talked about how it's going to be a case by case basis, but prodigy is someone that seems to have a good heart, but also really doubled down on Malachi York, like early mob deep stuff is like some like biggie Tupac, like original OG gangster rap. And, uh, um, prodigy, as he got older, started getting really esoteric. And if you look into prodigy's later work, there's, it's, there's like a cult philosophy. He's like talking about the tree of life and all this different stuff in with his, like old school rhymes and stuff and uh, like the gangster life was long behind him and uh, it was a really philosophical dude that was trying to uh give back to his culture which a lot of these people do 
You know, a lot of these people rap like about like gangster lifestyle because that's what they lived for a long time. But now they're just, you know, painting stories and really trying to give back to their community. Um, right. And uh, and I, and and I like that. But um, anyway, Mob uh, Prodigy, he um, given all that. Uh, there's even conspiracy theories. Some people think he might have been taken out and whatever else. Um, the, um, he, before he died, was strangely convinced that like Jay-Z was in uh, collaboration with Malachi York's son, who is someone who on record helped eventually take him down, uh, his son. And there was like a, the, a whole conspiracy theory to um, set up all these sexual abuse and uh, different allegations. And it, it just seemed like it's so much mental gymnastics for a guy that does seem smarter than that. And it, it really harkens to like some of the core questions of a, a conversation like this, like what, how do people get sold on these things? And um, <clears throat> another quick example for like larger context, it, it kind of, in a way, how he's capitalizing on this on this power vacuum if you will um in this spiritual vacuum um it reminds me of om shinrikyo in japan the the cult that led the sarin gas attacks it right. was like japanese 9-11 and uh it was like a buddhist acid cult and uh it was insane and there was a lot of like uh torture and and all sorts of abuse and um it, like it smart people getting sold on this this guy had his own um like military grade chemical weapons factory that was being run by like pretty competent people and how is he selling these people on it well like obviously it's a very nuanced um answer but a, a very cogent strong takeaway is the fact that in japan at that time um they were they were radically adjusted uh, they were radically adjusting to this sort of whiplash that they had from this overcapitalist culture. Everyone was working so much, you know, and especially with that, like Japanese code of honor, like people were really pushing it to extremes and like hardly seeing their children in ways that even a workaholic in America would be surprised by like when you hear the numbers and, and it left a vacuum and, 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 and a, like a very tangible parental vacuum where a lot of people felt spiritually adrift in this like 90s japanese culture and this guy just was able to sink right into the right place and malachi york is the same way he just capitalized on uh people's real tangible like spiritual wounds if you will and and i think some people just um i don't know man it's like um it's like people who still listen to Michael Jackson today. And like when it's, he's clear that he did some stuff, like, I don't know, I don't really blame you for liking Michael Jackson's music. Um, and it's hard to separate it. You had so many memories with that music. They didn't have anything to do with the, the shit that he did. So I don't know it's tough, um, especially if you weren't like embedded in the cult, but there's, there's plenty more I could keep going on, but I want to give you guys any, you got any questions oh, or anything? Yeah, yeah. I'll always love Michael Jackson. My kids love Michael. There's some, yeah, there's, it's great music. there's magic. The guy had more talent, one of the most talented songwriters, musicians, and his, but anyway, yeah, that's another discussion. Um, well, I guess on my side, did, uh, did York have really any sort of 
coherent theology because obviously black hebrew nation of islam they're not exactly in good terms the the, Chris, the black christian they're not in good terms and they do uh they do uh they do clash i mean even though of course as people know for example the ufo thing we know that elijah muhammad had a ufo encounter and louis farrakhan is big into ufo so the esoteric and the black community is fine but did he have anything or was he just sort of drawing from different places to um not there was some backbone stuff he was always drawing from different places though um so it started with the islamic um the the pro-islamic stuff but even then it was always a little bit of um uh, an abrahamic take with mostly islam but he was talking about jesus sometimes and clearly he had some some interesting ideas about hebrew culture <laughs> and uh um there was also i mentioned he had the phase where he literally tried to do a cowboys and indians thing in georgia um <laughs> and uh there's um but it was it was largely the big takeaways and like you see the pictures and things and and especially since a lot of times passed now um the things that his culture that are most remembered and that anyone who still is a follower of him like seem to resonate with is the islamic stuff and the egyptian stuff mm -hmm. um and so and, and then the the like his esoteric explanation for the comparisons that he found between egyptology and um and islam is all ancient alien stuff and uh, and that, that that's pretty much the triangle we can look at here for the most part um but it's it's constantly changing um there's a lot of cases throughout the throughout the timeline where you can find his he's <laughs> he realizes that he's like testing the patience of his cult members and he's like okay maybe maybe we do away with the 10 gallon hats and things like that and so it's <laughs> It's pretty this wild. Around the blazing saddles time or what? <laughs> I, I don't know, man. Like he really he was so far out there. They they also had um black like masonic fezes that they they would often wear. Sometimes he had like a full on pharaoh egyptian like headpiece. Like I said he also wore that Indian Native American chief headdress and so there was there's crazy stuff. Um He's into Sitchin too, wasn't he? Didn't he take some stuff from Zechariah Sitchin? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. all the yeah. um, the uh, Anunnaki, um, right? Yeah, all the ancient alien interpretations from Sumeria and things like that. Yeah, and I think that um, didn't he say also that uh, his race was originally responsible for creating the other races? Yeah, this is very much the hip hop, um, um, L. Ron Hubbard oddly mm. enough there's uh, a lot of parallels there too well yep. god david Chappelle <laughs> needs to do a bit on <laughs> i <stuff>. know <laughs> nothing direct though with the scientology or l ron hubbard is there uh, no no but um no satans or anything <laughs> no um now that i'm thinking about it though Zinu. he definitely took a lot of um inspiration from uh masonic stratification like the the system the the systems i guess uh, of masonry and ah, we the know york that, right uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, 
Um, <laughs> he really loved his pageantry. And, you know, we can talk about um, Georgia a little bit because that's where things get especially crazy. That's like the equivalent of when uh, Jim Jones leaves the country and right. it's just ramped up to 11, so to speak. Um, so he got uh, in some heat in New York and decided I'm going to the the burbs of Georgia or somewhere isolated. So that Yeah. Yeah. He actually had some um, sexual assault charges uh, in, in like early sixties before he even started doing any community building stuff. It was easier to brush that stuff under the rug. So um, he was um, a, 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 he was a predator for a long time, like probably always. And he just never stopped. And there was more, predatory allegations um because he's always he always has um different like he gets charged eventually anyway and there's consistent rumors of like the different drug trafficking potential human trafficking mm-hmm. um um but that's more whispers uh there's definitely a lot of systemic abuse that, and um and and racketeering and like i said they were running an illegal club um he was he had his hands in every cult leader thing that any basic cult leader does you know all the illicit course, black uh, market and it's always like the government knows this stuff but the, at one point the government decides he's a threat we're gonna shut him down you know they could have gotten him but usually he's a threat to some power structure or he knows too much or that's it we're gonna get rid of him yeah and and that's that's a real curious part of the story um because you know while it's brought up it uh it's strange that people like you know mlk and malcolm x die at their peak and malachi york is just he was left to you know to his own devices for a long time and and then eventually when like word was starting to get to the public and it was starting to be a real crazy like waco eyesore mm-hmm. um uh, which you uh, i'll uh i'll get into as well um then people start doing something about it but this guy also had um the 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 cosign of both al sharpton and jesse jackson so it's just it it is and those guys are no good like it is it's so deeply unsettling to like I, I looked into this because I found this dude's lyrics in hip hop that I was listening to. And here we are now, eventually, like I did not expect this to be any sort of commentary on black culture when I when I first, uh, you know, was following my curiosity. But it's so, so disheartening and unsettling to see not only the 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 greatest leaders they've had in 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 American history um, for their culture taken out at their prime, but the worst of them are allowed to flourish. And it just seems like such a stark contrast that I don't know, man, it seems, it seems ominous. It seems a little conspiratorial to me. Yeah. That's what our government does. Well, it gets rid of the good ones and uh, keeps the useful ones until they're not useful and then gets rid of them too. Yeah. I mean, Martin Luther King Jr. That obviously that was, his time was up as soon as he started talking bad about the war. Then it was like he needs to go, and the FBI took him out. Malcolm X, obviously, he became a danger to nation of Islam, so his own religion had to take him out. So, unfortunately, mm-hmm. that's the world we live in. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, now, 
it's 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 interesting um i don't know like you could go down all sorts of conspiracy rabbit holes um like i didn't really see a whole lot but this story is still kind of there's 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 so much to it there's a lot that could get uh lost in the in in all the just the, the whole mess of it all like I don't know if there was some sort of um, alphabet agencies involved, but it does kind of seem like if there was anyone that had some sort of agreement, like, you know, you will keep letting you do this and you do this for us. You would give us some sort of Intel, like the, the CIA, the feds, they've done that a million different times. Oh, yeah. um, it wouldn't, it, it, I could see it happening, especially when you take into account all the, shadow politics and blackmail and you get into epstein type blackmail and stuff and how he was so involved with, with politicians like i could see so you know maybe someone had some dirt on him but final it was eventually getting to the point we'll talk about the compound a bit more we're, we won't get into the end yet but um where they just had to they had to um seize the compound and get in there there was too many allegations coming out and there's too many people that were starting to come out with their own stories of abuse. And, uh, and it wasn't just whispers. And um, a point I, I, I'm making is that his, uh, the modern historical context is this is basically right on the heels of the Heaven's Gate suicides and the Waco massacre. So mm-hmm. the government had, they were really walking on eggshells and they were terrified of this. They were uh, from a, from a, um, like a public outlook standpoint like they did not want another waco and you know i'm not going to bat for the government i wouldn't say it was altruistic more so and they just didn't want that much egg on their face this time but um, (laughs) it's always a game of thrones it's not good versus evil it's more evil versus evil (laughs) yeah no doubt no doubt um but yeah so so when they move from um from new york city to eatonton which i think is one of the most redneck places i've ever heard of it's eatonton eatonton like my god like you guys just really ran out of ideas and i can say that i was born 30 minutes outside of eatonton in macon georgia raised my life uh, most of my life in alaska and i'm in florida Mm -hmm. now but um that's where i was born that's where i got family still and that is like an hour outside of atlanta so we're definitely in the in the Atlanta mix there, but by the time you get to Eatonton, that's like the closest kind of farm country you get to outside of um, uh, uh, like ma- the metropolis of Atlanta, and uh, um, it's weird. Like you don't even get. I got a, a lot of family in this direct area. Like they don't even know Malachi York's name. It's it's kind of weird. It's it's almost like a lot of people, a lot of artists, a lot of community members even a lot of random people that felt uncomfortable with this new cult in their Georgia community, everyone just felt like they had a bunch of egg on their face and like whether conscious or not, just kind of seemed like they, they didn't want to dwell on it too long. Um, But in any case, so they, they get out there and he comes across this land through his old uh, Islamic organizational connections uh, there was there was going to be some potential community building with the purchase of this land and it fell through or they didn't need to like from his affiliates and so he knew about it the land still wasn't sold and then um he like 
he ended up paying extra so that there was less questions asked and all this and and just kind of like a strong armed the guy as best he could made it really worth this while and by the time the guy saw this like black egyptian cult moving into like this old uh land that he had he's just like <laughs> well uh, you know they, i'm a rich man now so you know i guess this is just what it is <laughs> and yeah. uh, um so and this actually um right around when they move is when they start doing the the cowboys and indians motif and <laughs> i don't remember exactly if it is the for their introduction to the community but i'm pretty sure it is it was their introduction so you just <laughs> I <can't laughs> Who are the cowboys? <laughs> That's what I want to know. I can figure out the Indians because York thought he was an Indian yeah. at one point, right? But or he could, or the neighbors. You know, maybe <laughs> I think we got a problem with our neighbors. Play yeah. cowboys and Indians. <laughs> Call yeah. the sheriff. Yeah, and these cowboys and Indians are building pyramids too. Um, I got a sphinx <laughs> out there. <laughs> But no, the, so little here goes the neighborhood, maybe. <laughs> Pull that block. <laughs> yeah, it is like truth is stranger than fiction. Like I remember coming across this story for the first time, and I just couldn't believe that it was true. Um, but to answer your question, Vance, it was just kind of like, like um, the the like the the church of like the flying spaghetti monster. They, they have like oh, silly yeah. pageantry of like their their priest class. I didn't expect to bring that up, so I can't remember what it is. But like, it's a really moot point. Oh, they have like pirates in there. Some of their like they're like pastors or preachers or whatever are like dressed like pirates, and then some people are dressed like other things. And there's like a schism in the spaghetti, <laughs> like the Pastafarian <laughs> community. Seriously, so um, it's a, it was a similar thing, like. Yeah, like uh, the 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 Indian costume and the cowboy costume were like for different aspects of their community to like show to help show the stratification. So it's just so weird. Um, so that's literally, regardless of whether that that's their first impression, that is definitely their first strongest impression in this rural Georgia community. So they they're already off to an interesting start, and. Um, and and then mind you, this is also like I don't have like an exact date. I have it in the notes here, but uh, there's I got all sorts here. But like I know for a fact, at this time, Andre three thousand put on a show at one point here because they had like this. They also wrapped into their philosophy was the idea that they were a sovereign state. So they right. thought that they were a country unto themselves, um, and it was the whole Nuwabian nation. And he literally, Malachi York, there was like, at least on this compound, there was like, there was hundreds of people, um, like four or 500, something like that. So, and he charged everybody in the 90s, a $25 annual passport fee. Um, yeah, to come on and off the compound. And then, uh, and then he also had like, uh, I'll, I'll find it in here. I got, I got a bit on it, but he had like some sort of All Saints Day dedicated to himself. It was a Savior's Day. June, um, someday in June was his Savior's Day on the Georgia compound. And he, he, it was said that in uh, 1998, he raked in as much as a half a million dollars from Savior's Day alone um, because it was a giant festival and he did all the, 
he would do his lectures and all his Masonic like ripoff pageantry and 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 he would have uh rappers come and like this thing like it's it's not only did he influence the dawn of hip hop but he influenced two major cultural um I don't know like wells of hip hop like you have east coast and west coast and then the 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 next biggest one that has really been put on um like hip hop cultural history's map is Atlanta and like Georgia hip hop like uh, Atlanta has played a big role in all that and I always have been really influenced by east coast style hip hop but uh so coming from Georgia I don't really I don't really care. And and they do have their own different sounds, um, especially the more you listen to them. But uh, anyway, it's yeah, this guy was really just all over the place. And Isn't it uh, ironic that the KKK has a parallel structure. You know, they were came from Masonic type brotherhoods and all this other stuff. And they were white supremacists. Right. And so here we have the opposite, the total polar opposite of the KKK. No yeah. Yeah. Well said. Um, oh, here's a fun note. Um um, at one point, while they were trying to do the Cowboys and Indians thing, and he he still maintains somehow that he's a, a Creek Native American, um, he called himself Chief Black Thunderbird Eagle. Um, so, <laughs> Chief yeah. Pontiac Thunderbird. <laughs> did, he have, did he have any uh, explanation? Because it is true, a lot of the, when the slaves were freed or escaping or during, there were certain times when slaves did join or adopted by Native American tribes. Um, did he even try that excuse that, you know, traces lineage to, or he just. He, he, he did have some, uh, some stories um, from the research I came across. There was no stories like he was um born in new york so he he came from like a different part of the country anyway really um um that's not to say his family didn't come from there but i regardless like this guy is leaps yeah. and bounds it, it, it's the general uh accepted record that there's no um affil there's no genetic affiliation there and like yeah the guy definitely tried to uh he 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 really was uh was not ashamed of anything like he was just he had a great ego on his shoulders he just thought he was like god's gift to the earth but uh what else was i gonna say you brought up the kkk oh yeah i mean just for whatever it's worth also while we're getting into it and like the black supremacy it's also weird like a lot of these hip-hop artists like uh like prodigy mf doom you know two names that a lot of people know that i enjoy um that say that they really like york's work not only do they have they never said anything in their lyrics about overt black supremacy um they've worked with a ton of different artists including white rappers and and like there's you know they're very uh, they very much embraced throughout their entire career the idea of hip-hop as like the underdogs you know culture in the long run and and so I don't know. It's it's tough. We can't ask them these questions these days. But it, I guess it seems like, you know, the idea from someone with a nuanced perspective of his of his racism was that the white devil, historically speaking, is a thing 
And that doesn't mean that all white people are bad. I, we've got plenty of direct quotes. Like I could even read some if you guys wanted to, where um, Malachi York is saying unequivocally that white, all white people are bad. Um, but clearly a lot of people that in, enjoyed some of his philosophy weren't that uh, hateful and extremist. But yeah, it's just, it's a crazy thing how, mu how deep his influence goes and, and how much gray area there is here. So, and I mean, and, and also to be fair, I mean, yeah, historically speaking, there, there is a precedent for, for the white devil, if you want to call it that. I just think like, sure, you know, um, the common denominator in it all is psychopathy. So like, I think that that's probably the best thing for people to, to take away from something like that. But, but I mean, you know, fair you enough. You could ask him, you could ask him, he's still alive. You could write him some letters. Malachi York. Yeah, we could ask him. <laughs> <laughs> I can yeah, see you sure. writing a, maybe a book if nobody's written a book. I bet it would do well. Yeah, I he's still know. serving a 135-year prison sentence. Yeah, he's pretty old, though. I don't know how, how much of a shape his mind is in being locked away in there. I don't know. The stories, the stories. And what about the char what charges for 135 years? That's a lot of charges. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let me go up here. Um, Child molestation, financially Rico. Um, what else did I read about? Yeah. Yeah, it was it was he took his tag off of his mattress. <laughs> yeah, that was a big yeah, do not remove under penalty yeah. of law. I mean it was it was all the sexual assault, the litany of all those things. There oh, was yeah. there was fraud and racketeering, which for anybody that doesn't know, because it's kind of a funny term, racketeering, the acquiring of business through illegal activity, um, mm -hmm. which can come out uh, about in a bunch of different ways. We also mentioned the illegal nightclub. Um, it's just literally a nightclub, no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Like they were proud of it. It's just a crazy, weird, uh, aside in the story. And, and they also had armed guards, like people, there's stories of people coming because, um, uh, they're a part of the community. So there's certain like, uh, uh, building codes and stuff. <laughs> so you have to get approval from certain people within the community to build something like these pyramids. And when these people would come on and like, I don't remember all the details. A lot of people were kind of intimidated. I bet you some people were bribed. Eventually they got uh, these pyramids built, but there were accounts of armed guards with machine guns escorting people around. So like uh, they were not ever fucking around. Uh, they had all sorts of shit going on there. But um, yeah, the big ones were, were fraud um sexual all that misconduct uh, of of the highest degrees and and racketeering um so but uh you guys will like this we've had a we've had some fun laughs in there i'm sure we'll get at least one laugh out of this he was prolific with making the pamphlets and uh i've got some titles here um it it's also funny that he, there's like it's a matter of record that he made his pamphlets that he would have people pass out on the streets um uh, like they were designed to be very poor quality and fall apart fairly fast. And people asked him why. And he literally said, because if people it's good material, it's like, it's, it's good writing. So if people like it and it falls apart fast, they'll buy more copies, which is just a strange outlook to have. I don't know how many times you could really get away with that before you, you really jade your audience, but I don't know. He is a cult leader. So some of these titles, and some of these are, are going to require explanations that I don't have. So, but they're a uh, man from planet Rizk, which is R-I-Z-Q. 
um the melaninite children um <laughs> what is speaking in tongues shambhala and agartha cities within the earth so he's also a hollow earth uh theorist ah yeah i did i definitely remember that now that i'm reading this title um are you still eating pork is jesus god muhammad was a hebrew halloween the evil one sabbath uh the mystery clouds whatever that is i thought that was fun though uh mm. where is the devil today 666 leviathan that's a dope metal band name um yeah, let's let's talk about the end um mission earth and et uh, involvement um santa or satan the fallacy of christmas and the last one's also pretty fun is god a wimp which is a, <laughs> a burning question i'm sure a lot of us have had i stay um, up at night thinking about <laughs> I, I like the um, Muhammad was Jewish. That 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 re that's really good one. <laughs> that this was guy one had of my theories. dozens and dozens. Theories. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, <laughs> he was. A, he really was a mystic Jew in that time, and uh, it was his successors that changed it around. It was. I think there's some validity to that. Really interesting. See, I mean, that's like this guy. You know, he's and talking... again, by Jew, we think Jewish, but remember, Jew, it was very fluid in Judaism and right. The Arabia had their own mm -hmm. idea, yeah, but it still was, you know. Well, Judaism. it was an offshoot of Judaism, that's for sure. It's an Abrahamic religion, so. right? Right, yeah. We could certainly have these conversations, but we all know where where he takes it eventually. Um, but those are great points to make. Um, so I mean, again, he also the precedent for the quote-unquote white devil that we talked about it's it's understandable he talks about shadow politics and illuminati these like this is literally you hear illuminati dropped in like you know like tupac songs and like and and wu-tang the right. uh, illuminati was more of a word in hip-hop culture than it was in any other culture like early on they were early adopters of of the self-enlightenment self-empowerment and like street knowledge conspiracy theory and they kept it pretty real for a long time malachi york aside and then it started getting really crazy in the modern era that we that we know today but like so yeah i mean illuminati being a colloquial term for shadow politics if you will um and i think we can all agree that shadow politics are around and that that is what most people mean when they're slinging the term illuminati around sure so, I mean, in that sense, yeah. So he he was good at using these sort of touchstones that he knew people were already gravitating towards, and then just kind of in this again, like L. Ron Hubbard in a lot of ways. Hmm. Hey, somebody keeps mentioning about Pickle Man. Uh, is that a thing of his? Pickle Man. Pickle Man. Well, there yeah. is a lot to this story that doesn't ring a bell to me at all, but. It would. I wouldn't surprise me. I know there's there's more that I haven't heard. I'm I'm really not sure. Yeah. Uh, next time, maybe you can, if you come across it, you can tell us about Pickle yeah. Man. <laughs> yeah, I'll keep that in mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Most definitely. I thought that was Rick from Rick and Morty. Oh, <laughs> pickle, pickle, pickle Rick. Rick. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. How does Pickle Rick uh, fit into all this? Uh, oh well, there you go. We must go down. Yeah, there. maybe. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Unless okay. it was pickle flavored Kool Aid, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Put a little vinegar in the Kool Aid. Oh my God. Um, yeah. Th so, speaking of Kool Aid and things like that, and thankfully, there's a pretty reasonable end to this story. There's a lot of abuse that 
happened throughout the years, but because the government was so um, to just the egg on their face of uh, of Waco, particularly, and the public disturbance of Heaven's Gate, um, and then there was all there's ancient aliens action going on in this, so they you know people your average Joe is just, is wondering like, Oh God, are these people, you know, gearing up to try and make it onto a spacecraft? Um, so, and, 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 and then you, you hear the allegations, but the, the, the straw that actually broke the camel's back in terms of like, you know, cause you can hear things. And a lot of times the, the way cult leaders get away with things for a while is because in one way or another, they have this stuff insulated. They make it difficult, whether legally or just like, intimidation for law enforcement to get up in there you know similar to like gang turf or something and uh um you have to have you know a chink in the armor of actual like data that you could you know that would hold up in court in order for you to get like a warrant and it really get the snowball going so the it's weird and just i don't know just speaks to this man's unparalleled ego that uh he was doing this illegal nightclub called uh um oh i don't remember what it was called but uh, club ramses <laughs> yeah that's a, and Makes the sense. yeah and this whole compound was tamaray um and so club ramses was uh it was super illegal they were they had no liquor license they had no license for anything they had no business license so um eventually even with any sort of intimidation and uh, the sheriff being like, I don't know, religious freedom. I don't even know what all like my limits are here. There's just comes a point where you're like, okay, I got to take a look at all this. And, and then you get in there and they, and so they go with, it's not a full on raid yet, um, but they go and I believe they're definitely heavily armed and ready to go. And I think there's some SWAT involved, but it's again, not a raid. They're going to forcibly shut down the nightclub. And this is like late nineties at this point. Um, and this is like the best, one of the best kept secrets at the time, like people in the community, people in Eatonton knew, but people like my family growing up, hell, I was living in Macon for a couple years while, while the Nuwabian cult was a half hour down the road. Like people didn't know about this. Um, and that's, I even got some quotes from the sheriff that uh, of Eatonton who, you know, was sort of a part of the snowball effect where he's just like, yeah, it was a huge thing. And it was just like, we were the only ones dealing with it. Like this whole impending doom of this crazy thing going on. And, uh, and so the cult is, you know, they're filming and they're angry and they're claiming we're a sovereign nation. You can't do this. You have no right. And they're just so brainwashed at this point that they not only are they sold on all this other stuff, but they're really sold on the idea that they actually have a legal argument for the whole sovereign nation thing, which it's a great idea. I wish it were true, but like none of that's going to hold up in court, people. Um, and um it didn't work out for a rashnish or osho and his cult <laughs> yeah never does yeah. yeah the government's gonna take it away so and there was also during this time uh you know building up to this boiling point there was they were starting to get more media attention um and they were starting to get articles written about them at least local regional um news stations were starting to ask questions and and so there was interviews with 
with um, with compound um, community members, people living there. Uh, at, at certain points, cameras were allowed on the compound, and and people are like, "Does this look like a cult to you?" And and but but that's all part of the charade, man. You don't leave the the deepest darkest mechanisms of the cult out on display. That's that's ridiculous. Like, mm-hmm. and and if you would exp- and if you're using that as part of your argument to show that you're not in a cult, then you, you that actually might be a clearer indication that you are in a cult. <laughs> like, if you're sold on that, because it's not really any evidence or or proof at all. Um, and uh, but people were really sold on it. They were adamant. They were very defensive of their leader. Um, they were willing to pay their passport fee and all that. And and so it becomes a little bit more, you know, butting heads with the community. And that's when, you know, they start you know, illegal liquor license. They start seeing, you know, there's clearly if it's a pop in club, especially there's the, all the hip hop affiliation that it does, there's going to be some fun drugs in there and things like that. There's pl- I'm sure there's plenty of Coke and things, and there's all sorts of allegations and whispers and, uh, but uh, I don't think that like explicitly drug trafficking or human trafficking were technically part of his charges. Um, they didn't even really need him at that point. Um, so, but like I said, there, there, there's talk of all that in the mix and uh, they, people start now it's getting to the point things have snowballed so far that there's even becoming like support groups for people who have left the Nuwabian nation cult. It's getting to that sort of like post cult level of Scientology where like, um, the recovery level. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. The perfect word for it there. If it's been around long enough where people are in recovery and going through steps involved and, and trying to handle their trauma and things. And then, so police start talking with these people, uh, eventually it reaches a, and, and they also start talking with children. Um, there even gets to a point where certain children are, um, you know, analyzed for for um, for evidence, and 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 so it there's enough evidence for a warrant, and they get in there, they go, they 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 you know they keep Waco in mind, and they actually execute it f- pretty flawlessly. Like there's, I don't think Malachi York was not killed. There was no, there was no, you know, 50 day standoff or anything like that. They went in and busted shit down and, and, and just completely, you know, tore apart the operation. And they found a lot of sick stuff, um, in Malachi York. Like there's again, talk about layers and levels to the story when you get into, which we won't, um, thankfully you get into the levels of more of the true crime elements of what he was doing and some of the torture, some of the, the stratification. That is one thing we could talk about is how he used women in his, in his sort of um, cult mechanisms. But like the stuff he was doing to pass the time and for fun was, was very sick. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, he, he really had like, um, I'm not trying to talk shit about Flavor Flav because his name didn't come up once, but he had like a flavor of love kind of thing going on where like he was just like um, really he had like a harem, a literal harem of women. And he was um, giving them like rank ups and he was he was literally like voting people off of his inner circle reality show fucking flavor of love style and like 
with his chosen favorites, giving women clout by giving them notes to hand to other women. And like, it, and, and, you know, these were like his, uh, he was siring a lot of women, uh, sorry, a lot of children, uh, some of them women um, on record, like even like abuse aside, it was, it was uh, well known within the community that he could and would sleep with whoever he wanted and no one was interested in putting up a fight anyway. So even when um, another interesting point here, um, now that I'm thinking about it, people started as always does. There's uh, there's, there becomes a little bit of whispers in the community um, inevitably, uh, you know, of like abuse and different things. And a big talking point was people just couldn't wrap their heads around it. It didn't make any sense because the guy had everything anyway. He could sleep with any woman that he wanted to. I don't think he swung both ways, but he probably could have if he wanted to. Um, like he had all the power and psychological stranglehold that one could want. And it just goes to show how predatory like the you know the the depths of being a predator because it doesn't matter how much you want you want more and you want what you can't have and you want to you know there's a sadistic element to it where you just want to see punishment and your self-superiority like it doesn't have anything to do with all the women you can have you know well, so, it sounds like he had no empathy for anybody. It was all him. It was like totally, you know, psycho psychopathic. No, there was many, no empathy at all. How many people were in his cult at the time? Um, well, there was there was hundreds living on the compound. Um, there, it's 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 tough to say, especially when someone is has so much artistic influence uh, carryover. Um. I really, I don't, I don't know if I have that number, but um, he claims a lot, um, like globally, like quite a few. There's um, it, but 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 then there's also the question of something like that. W you know, how much? What's the difference between being vaguely inspired by someone and then actually being a right, cult right. member? And it, it was at least in the thousands. You know, wow. I mean, this yeah, guy, yeah. I mean, uh... With Manson and his family, you look between 100 and 300. It's hard to tell, but that's he had some power with that amount of people. Yeah, no, this guy had a like militia army basically ready to go for him. Um, oh. Yeah, like it was it was wild. So um, these days, you know, so he was he was taken out. There was the um, there was a lot of evidence. Um, you know, the end of the story, there's, there's more to go into. So it's not like we're wrapping up here quite yet, but um, I mean, basically, yeah, he got all that time in prison. He, uh, he was convicted in 2004, his earliest release date. I thought, I thought this is fun that anyone would even list it. It's 21, uh, 22. So, <laughs> um, um, and yeah, and there he sits, uh, he, he's continuously filing appeals, um, sometimes having to do with his Native American blood, uh, making him a sovereign individual. That means that like, and even if we're, that were true, you could read some of his appeals and like they're gibberish. This dude was an awful writer. If you read any of his pamphlets, it's 
absolute gibberish. He makes he makes uh, L. Ron Hubbard look eloquent. Um, <laughs> so, but yeah, uh, he could write. Hubbard could write. He makes Charles Manson look rational. Yeah, <laughs> and in, in all fairness, Hubbard could write, but he he just shit work out. He didn't care about proofreading or anything. No. So a lot of what he has is terrible. But he could write. Um, but um. Yeah, so I mean, he's 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 continuing to file appeals. There are a lot of people, like I mentioned, you know, prodigy of Mob Deep, even to this day before he died, um, was convinced that York was set up. Um, there's, there's like, there, there's all sorts of uh, of of different theories. Um, Malachi York's son, who is also named Dwight York. Um, I believe this is the son that is, I mean, he obviously had a lot of kids, but uh, I believe the son that was also named Dwight York was the one that helped take him down eventually. But um, regardless, he played a, a pretty big role in like being outspoken when he left the cult. And um, he actually, before he started being outspoken in that capacity, when he had left, he went back to visit his father just to kind of see what the hell was going on. And he was an adult um and he he had left when he was like like a like a you know a, a fresh adult and coming back a kind of coming of age thing and he has like a he's kind of disturbed things have even escalated even further and he asks his dad what the hell is going on and reportedly and i believe it um uh, dwight york malachi york says to his son uh like i don't believe in any of this shit i would dress up like a nun you know, I'll be a Jew. I'll do anything to make the kind of money I'm making right now. So this guy reportedly from day one was was all about the con. So it doesn't surprise me at all. Um, so any. Yeah, like I said, he's still trying to do it to this day, uh, trying to get out of prison. And he still has a reasonable amount of support. It's pretty marginal, but it's tangible for sure for sure um so it's i don't know like i don't know how people could still be sold on it but like i said i guess in the in like the michael jackson sense of like there's a lot of different ways you can be inspired by someone i understand that but when the fact that anyone's really doubling down is is pretty crazy but um it is what well, it's it is built on race hate isn't it I mean, his all of his power was from that. I think, you know. Yeah, I'm. It, with if that's a coin, it's two sides. Like a, a one side, there's black empowerment, which is which is all well and good. And then, and some people just focused on that, even with his beliefs or his teachings, apparently. But the core, like the huge core, you can't get away from is, and I could I could read some quotes here is definitely racism and and black supremacy specifically. So, yeah, it's all just hate. Like here, here, for instance, uh, a, a quote from um, York himself during a lecture. Um, White people are the devil. Uh, they say uh, some people say the Nawabians are not racist. Well, bullcrap. I am. And white people are devils. They always was, always will be. Um, uh, here's here's another one. This is a bit longer. We can get a tiny, not that long, um, a tiny peek into some of his like theology. Um, the Caucasian has not been chosen to lead the world. They lack true emotions in their creation. We never intended them to be peaceful because 
you know, uh, Nubian people created all the other races. Right. Um, they were bred to be killers with low reproduction levels and a short lifespan. Um, what you call the African American is uh, was to live, but use a different word. Uh, was to live a thousand years each, and the other humans one hundred twenty years. Uh, but the warrior seeds of Caucasians is only sixty years old. Uh, barely barely uh coherent already um the points he's making <laughs> they were only created to fight other invading races to protect the god race the nubians uh but they went insane the white people uh lost control when they were left unattended um they were never to taste blood uh they did apparently and their true nature came out um and also, uh, because their reproduction levels were cut short, their sexual organs were made the smallest. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. Oh, my God. That's an actual quote, everybody. Um, um, so it took 600 years to breed them part man and part beast. <laughs> um, wow. Oh yeah. Wacky, wacky stuff. <laughs> yeah. So I mean that is that is the large and short of it. Um, there is a you know there's more that we could get into like endgame philosophizing and and um, you know what it means today and maybe you know some of the more of the history. But like that's that's mostly it. What do you guys think? Questions? Spurious. Comments? He's a spurious <laughs> guy. I mean. <laughs> You couldn't take any any um it's a mishmash of stuff, you know. And I Dude. like when when it comes down to this guy, he was many different guys. He was whatever guy he wanted to be. He was a chameleon uh, to 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 justify his uh, maintaining power and so forth. That's what it sounds like to me. Of course, I wasn't there, but still, I think there's enough. If history is anything, and apparently he knew nothing of history. <laughs> but, yeah. But, yeah. But you know it's 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 sad too because you know uh, here's the problem he was exploiting his own people. Yes, that that's the sad part of it. He exploited them personally. He exploited their history because it's a very very sad thing, uh, slavery and what happened. You know, with people that were brought over from Africa is very very sad thing. Of course, slavery is you know not limited to people from africa either you know maybe the romans had slaves or white slaves and so forth absolutely but still no matter where it is when it is it's it's a horrible thing yeah. and a group of people that are brought over a country like that they naturally tend to identify with each other and then somebody like him comes over and fosters up you know uh, it's easy to foster up resentment and hate and that that puts people into a community and then he exploits this community, takes money from them. I mean, you know, that's that's my reaction. It's 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 sad. It's very sad. But it's a warning. It's good to know about. Yeah, and 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 abuse aside, um, I was consistently surprised at how funny, like a surrealist, absurd some of the the shit he's talking about is. Like, I really, even reading those uh, some of those pamphlet titles with you guys again, like I've read them multiple times. I still get a kick out of it. I just I don't know what was going through this guy's mind. And I guess like I'm really not throwing shade to the people that got too sold on his beliefs because I wasn't there either. And I can only fucking imagine 
what it must feel like to be, you know, the fact of the matter is however you want to break it down, you could get into a, a whole lot of semantics that none of us want to get into, but the, this American system was designed not to have minorities best interests. That's just a given. And, uh, and, and so to be so disempowered from the start to watch some of your, your most inspirational people taken out, like, Hey, that's, that's gotta be such a disheartening low point. Not to mention the, even the history of slavery itself. Like I, it, it, it's a, it's a cultural struggle that I can't even begin to understand. So, well, even I, then, in the seventies, you've got the CIA trying to destroy the black family. Eighties, they're flooding the neighborhoods with crack. I mean, yes, yeah, that's another. There's good a point. eugenics thing trying to eliminate them, and I've talked to you know African American guests about. It. I mean, it's so obvious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On. So, so yeah, like you said, people join cults not because things are going well, but because they've had terrible lives. They're in a state of. Uh, pain and anxiety and you know people with high iqs and very artistic people are actually more success successible to joining cults so, but i mean that's a whole like you said you've talked a lot about this in your uh, black hoodie alchemy so you know the 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 blueprint of a cult and like you just said it just takes a few predators out there to create their own tribe yeah and for whatever it's worth because there's different avenues you could go down um multiple facets of understanding how people get sold on a cult i was thinking about it again getting prepped for this exact story and i think a, a takeaway it's simple it's like but i think it's just often overlooked is uh because in practice it's very powerful um and it doesn't seem like much on paper i think once you if you see someone do something impressive like someone takes a page out of, you know, some sort of eclectic esoteric philosophy um, uh, like Malachi York does. And, and that resonates with people because many different comparative religious cultures have talked about certain principles, you know, like um, getting into archetypes and whatever else. And then, and so you use those and maybe you see how much, genuine impact he's had on the community early on um the donations fundraisers you know the, keeping these apartment complexes solid um like you know it it you see him doing good so it you know and then you start to feel like you know him even though you probably don't and then, so there's a certain benefit of the doubt that happens and there's a certain like well, he's eccentric, but I've seen on paper a lot of good that he's doing, you know, shit like that. So I don't I, I, I think um, if and, and predators notice that there is the cherry on top of that predators notice that and they start figuring out what the special buttons are to get people the most sold. And then, it, you know, you can if you if you sell them on something big enough, then you have a lot of clout that you can cash in on and get away with a bunch of crazy shit exactly indeed well well said indeed no i think we you've done a great job in covering this fascinating character and uh hopefully you can uh dig up some more like you said somebody make a movie or write a book because again it is yeah. a part of uh occult americana and uh yeah. as, uh, as a warning. Gnostic tie -in too. I, I, can tie, I can tie gnosticism into this 
Oh, yeah? I'd love well, to hear some any thoughts you got. Here you go. Uh, short and sweet. Um, we're talking about minorities and being feeling disenfranchised, getting angry, right, and being exploited or whatever. But uh, aside from the exploitation part of it, the Gnostics felt they were being exploited by th their demiurge who had created an evil world for them to, re, uh, to, to live in. And that's what brought them together. That's, that's the, one of the main things that brings Gnostics together. So the same dynamic that brought York's people or followers or any minority, because you know what? Every democratic government, if there's a vote, the majority rule, any, any system where the majority rules, the minority fumes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and you know, and, 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 you know, it's because people can't agree. That's why it's good to have as few laws as possible. You know, you, you don't want to reg over-regulate things because the more laws you make, the more division there is and so forth. So that's how I tie Gnosis as men. Well, this yeah, could we, be uh, kind of scary because when you think about it, let's look at the cult, Scientology. L. Ron Hubbard said, I'm doing a Gnostic religion. He said that in emails. Heaven's Gate. Very Gnostic. Uh, let's see. The family, Charles Manson, his patron god was Abraxas. Uh, so, right. oh my God, I'm going to stop right there because <laughs> <laughs> the evil guys are the Gnostics the whole time. Well, I've talked about it in the show. Weaponized Gnosticism works well. Us versus them and Archons. And we have the secret knowledge. And, you know, you Absolutely. can twist that around and create your own cult. So, and you get the devil. The devil is like brings Christians together, right? Because oh, the devil is doing yes. this and that to you. Oh, you know. So, so you know, it's always the oppressor. You know, it's if you can create an oppressor, you you, you can create a, a a group. Yeah, amen. And as a final aside, since we are talking about a little bit of conspiracy theories, the crack was a great thing to bring up. That was some very targeted, like legitimate conspiracy theory stuff that you can you can find a lot of recorded evidence for now. Um, and um, like the, uh, the 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 assassination of Tupac looks like um, you know a genuine sort of alphabet agency hit as well. It looks like um, you know Death Row Records was an operating gang that ran a record label we know that now and at a certain point because there was so much like drug trafficking and everything else that they were doing um not as bad as york but they were they were they were definitely real gangsters and uh then the feds got involved and then they started working with the feds as much as they had to in order to stay out of prison and suge knight was running that record label um there's a lot to show that he, if he didn't have a direct hand, him like a literal direct hand, he had direct orders. He was part of the direct chain of command that killed Tupac. There's a lot of evidence to show that. Uh, yeah, and there's um, uh, there is it's a bit more speculative, but uh, plenty of people are even convinced that he that same series of events, Suge Knight, Alphabet agencies killed uh, Biggie as well. So interesting. Yeah, yeah. It makes sense. Yeah, yeah it, it really does. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, hip hop is weird today, especially because a lot of like trap and SoundCloud rap, like it sounds like hip hop. It sounds like another section of hip hop. And you can't really fully say that it isn't, but it basically isn't. And you hear a lot of these like multicolored dread rappers and artists talking they say they don't even really like hip hop or as a culture 
they don't consider themselves rappers a lot of the time. Um, so it's this weird thing where kids just kind of grew up enjoying a certain sound and then just kind of made it their own thing. But and, and, and it's a case by case basis where some of them kind of are associated with with hip hop community. But like, yeah, they, you know, this is the 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 old school stuff, you know, I mean, Eminem still uh, I don't really listen to him, but he's still chart topping um, J. Cole is a really conscious genuine rapper out there that's topping charts um so we don't and you know for i don't like drake at all really but he is a rapper he's genuine hip-hop he's not like a soundcloud rapper and and of course we can't forget yay kanye west um i'm sure he has i would love to hear what kanye west has to say about malachi york i'm sure he's got some thoughts <laughs> oh i'm sure he's got some thoughts yeah about any subject he'll give you his thoughts <laughs> yeah you wouldn't be able to get him to shut up That's yeah i know no, he'll, he'll give you his own <laughs> stories and takes so uh well but, awesome uh, uh yeah we, yeah uh, no just um black hoodie alchemy you know it's uh black hoodie the whole mentality is just as much punk rock and metal as it is hip-hop i play a lot of uh hip-hop and and rock and roll and punk a little bit of metal but i try to keep it a little more accessible metal can get crazy even though i love it um but so <laughs> like i love the underground um underground art in general i like the artists i play i talk to and you know are genuinely some of the best like artists that you know i have them in my rotation so music is a big part of my inspiration and what i do and there's a lot of alchemical Jungian philosophy on the show true crime uh we get into get some x-files vibes going on i had a recent episode about the dark pyramid of alaska underground i'm not convinced that it's a real thing um but it's a hell of a story and there's a it's very x-files it's 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 interesting so there's all sorts going on over there i invite you to check it out cool yeah oh, I, i'm excited about jody foster and the next true detective hope they don't f it up i think it is in an, uh, an alaska but uh oh, what really? are you still yeah are you uh i have uh your website is it dive mind or yep dive mind okay, i have that on the show notes okay right Divemind.net. yeah check it out he's got some good stuff this is just part of what anthony does uh great podcast great research and I don't yeah. see, I was just looking, I see only one super chat. Thank you very much, Chester, for supporting the show. And uh, yeah, please support the show if you can, wherever you are. Like and subscribe. Tell all your friends, your CIA handler about the <laughs> show. Uh, and uh, and my yeah. books too, Dive Manual and Hunt yeah. Manual. Um, just an extension of all the esoterica and craziness that we love to talk about. You can find it all at divemind.net. But uh, thanks to everybody for tuning in. And thank you guys very much for having me. It's always a pleasure, but it was especially fun this time just because I'm, I really am truly surprised that more people uh, aren't familiar with this story. So I'm glad I'm, I'm thankful that I got to share it and get my uh, journalistic itch scratched. <laughs> no, glad you came on. Always enjoy when you come on. I know uh, we were going to talk about horror movies, but maybe we can do that closer to Halloween because I was thinking... I was making a list and I'm like, crap, I haven't watched Thanksgiving. There's a few horror movies I have not Likewise. been able to watch that. So <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll talk about my favorite one last year. And I want to talk more is uh, When Evil Lurks. And it does have a powerful Gnostic slant. But we'll get into that. This was uh There's this always was tax a... day, Miguel. <laughs> <laughs> That's all the horror movies. 
uh, yeah, Talk about terror. Have, yeah. We might have to distribute crack to everybody. You know, <laughs> <laughs> uh, this government. God, I wish it would go away. But mm-hmm. anyway, yeah. Uh, yeah. Thanks, uh, Anthony Vance. Thanks for uh, keeping us company. I hope oh, it was an unexpected pleasure. Glad to have you, buddy. Yeah, it's been a, been a real treat. Yeah, for everybody else, I hope you enjoyed your uh, Sunday. I hope you enjoy your week. And yeah, keep waking up in 2024. It's the best we can do. So, as I say, write your own gospel, live your own myth, take care of everybody, and uh, until we meet again. Funny money, bleeding your pockets, crooked profits, collection plates, squeeze your faith, confessions aren't honest. Banging hammers and names across us, you cooking cotton. Systemic problems, so a blanket to sleepwalking. Approach extreme caution, provoke pristine novice. Buy the book, burn the book, toss them out of office, cross them off a long list. Peace is my accomplice, clear the conscience. It was written, tainted whistle. And beside the war children Forbidden truth Envision roots Actions Water craps Back against the ball City hall Back the crooked cops Straight bullets Crooked shots Pressure cooking Out of pots Try to stay civil Amongst the uncivilized Gorillas in a monster's eyes Giants with a chronic lean Stomping on your skyline Diabolical bleed Bringing the garden seeds Feeding the starving eat We beat the odds Rebels with the cars Sitting in the shrine Talking dirty to the guys My nigga We beat the odds Rebels with the cars, sitting in the shrine, talking dirty to the gods. Yeah, we beat the odds. Rebels with the cars, sitting in the shrine, talking dirty to the gods. My nigga, we beat the odds. Rebels with the cars, sitting in the shrine, talking dirty to the gods. Enter my thoughts, war stories, adventurous plots, imbalances, center is off. No agenda, you lost. The only thing that I got is my pen and my rock. I speak the truth, nothing less. Hi, am Mr. Frost. Remember the loss every day when I roll up my first J. Bottled up rage, though they say it's the worst way. Release the pain through my wordplay. I got a feeling of anxiety like work on the first day. I ask, is the space the earth furnishes curse? Or were we born from paradise and slowly turning to worse? I murmur the words of peace, hoping that after the next turn, the wars will seize a new chapter for us to learn. Look back at what we've forgotten. All knowledge is reborn. A scorn ourselves and form of fallen brothers are mourn. I've been warned all my life about the dangers ahead. And see many good friends fall from being slaves to the bread. Been designed to content, son, I fight to the end, I still kick it with the same folks, minus some friends, used to dream of being highness, but greed is what divides us, can't see the picture clear, then blink and let your eyes adjust, arise as one, illuminate like the rising sun, on the move, dodging slugs from a firing gun, it's war outside, just sit and watch the death toll rise, take your last breath, unexpected homicide, young delinquents fighting over patches of turf, never had a chance to grasp the expanses of earth, instead Cancers give birth and spread Embedded in our heads Ideas and hurtful trends Immersed in the worst of daily life Still we emerge and purge the parasites Pulling our hair like lice Sure it's cold but I bear the ice Cause life's a bargain Gliding through the air Throwing knives or carving targets